We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky Lefty is on CFB Nation, presented by Twisted T. Yo, what's good? Lucky Lefty Podcast, the Anoa Boys. Half of us are in the building. Left will be along soon. It's Thursday. So, production meetings, CBS. He's uh, covering the Liberty game this Saturday. The Liberty game this Saturday. I forget who they play. So, when he jumps on, I'll make sure he gives you guys the matchup so you can check him out. CBS Sports Network. And I believe they have the 2.30 kickoff. So you can watch Notre Dame Clemson at noon and then switch over and listen to left. Give the call on CBS Sports Network. We have with us. We're playing us, Louisiana Tech at four. Louisiana yes. Tech at four. So, yeah. Louisiana Tech and Liberty. Uh, we have a good brother with us. We have, we have to bring him into the fold. Because it just, the last time we had him on, right before the North Carolina State game, everything was just so natural. Yeah. Hey, we might be putting together some type of uh, culture podcast down the line as well. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll let you know. My guy, locked on ACC, locked on Wolfpack, co-host Ken Gibbs, right here on the Lucky Lefty podcast, man. KG, how you feeling today, bro? Oh, I'm great. I'm excited to be here. I'm going to just warn you now. Don't Be careful calling me a good brother of the fold now. As you can see in the background here, I'm a, I'm a member of Kappa Alpha Psi. You know what I mean? I, you know, we we the bar. You know, the, the fold belong to the bros. And, you to know, the bros. We, we I, like I get it. You know, I, I, I love I 1911. It. I just got the right year. That's all. I mean, the right month. That's all. You know, I, I, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But yeah, you know, I'm always excited to be on the Lucky Lefty podcast, man. You'll believe y'all keep it entertaining. Y'all keep it factual. Y'all tell it like it is, like it ain't what it could be and what it can't. And so I'm always going to be happy to talk anything with y'all. We could talk paint drying and I'll be excited to talk. I'll tell you what, Sherwin Williams, they got that bear. Like Home Depot got that bear. We talk about it. So let's do it. Let's get it done. Hey, how are you? How are you with the cane? Oh man, listen. Let me tell you something now. Let me tell you let something. Me, every, let, let me keep it a buck. Mm-hmm. Growing up, the candy strike cane was was something I I, I strongly considered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I strongly considered it. Absolutely. It you know just decided just not to go that direction. Period. Yeah, you know, yeah, ultimately. I but um, that cane worked for. I, I've always been envious of dudes 
that are elite at that came was. Let me tell you something. My my pros from the 80s are still of our charterers, the people who chartered the Kappazai chapter. Shout mm -hmm. out to all those great brothers. Shout out to Crawford Lane and Company who chartered this thing. The brothers of T.O., the brothers of G.O., the brothers of D.G., all mm -hmm. those brothers who chartered this thing, who got it going. Uh, my front, his uh, father, Wayne Jarvis, one of the first uh, one of the first men to ever cross through this chapter. Um, they are very much so still involved in the chapter very actively. So they they make sure that you know that, that legacy of twirling and all that that's that's passed yeah. down that's yeah. passed down yeah. so that's what i'm talking about we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, hey, listen, listen. That's I'm a different conversation to have. It's, it's never too late. Never too late. But that's a different conversation to have. That's a different conversation yeah. to have. <laughs> that's like, that's the other podcast. Exactly. We're exactly. in the future. For sure. For so, sure. For sure. the last time I had a conversation with you after mm -hmm. the North Carolina State Notre Dame game. Yeah. And both of us were not happy with the yeah. offensive coordinators coming out of that game. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in hindsight, I would probably revise my unhappiness with the offensive coordinator a little bit to be unhappiness okay. with our quarterback at that time. Because mm -hmm. after watching that tape more thoroughly, there were some, there were some plays where I'm like, it's there. It's yeah. that, that you can't the, the OC can draw up the best, the, the greatest play design on earth. If mm -hmm. you don't execute it, you don't execute it. And don't get me wrong. Notre Dame has some amazing corners. Y'all have some phenomenal cornerbacks. I, I think y'all got two guys that are going to play on Sundays. Uh, number five in particular, I believe he's he's not only is he going to get his name called high. I think that he's going to make a pro bowler, too. I think that he's in in that. Desmond King. I think yeah. he's in that Desmond King territory in terms of like. He could yeah. have a stretch where he ends up being a top five to 10 quarterback in the league. I'm not sure how long that stretch will last, but I think he could have that type of stretch. Uh, with that being said, I, I struggled with a six-year guy being unable to read the difference between cover three and cover two, the difference between cover two and cover six. Like, mm -hmm. this is not – I'm never mad at a young guy for making those reads and making those mistakes. I'm never mad at a young – because you're this is new. You were slow dancing at prom six months ago. Like, I'm not going to expect you to have college football figured out. Brent right. is in his sixth year. And so his struggles yeah. were like, 
what are we doing here in terms of I can deal with you being less physically talented than the other guy if you're older and wiser. You're lacking the wisdom, brother. But, you know, NC State has decided to switch quarterbacks to MJ Moore since then. In his first game as the starting quarterback, they put up their season high of points in terms of, of offensive production. And so um, this is a this is a situation where I'm looking I'm looking and I'm saying I understand some of Notre Dame's anger with with y'all offensive coordinator. But I'll tell you what, it, it, you can't be too concerned coming out of pit. You can't be too concerned after that game. I mean, they put it on them. They to Man. say they whooped them like they stole something is an understatement. That was one of them. Grandma tell you go get the switch, and you bet not get the wrong one type whoopings right there because that hurt yeah. me. So, I want to stay with the North Carolina State game because one of the statements you made is that you felt like Notre Dame's offensive coordinator Jared Parker mm-hmm. loved to repeat yes his play calls yeah right. Mm-hmm. And eventually, I think it came up with him in that tough four-game stretch yeah. of primetime games. I think that caught up with him against Louisville. But just talk about that and kind of break down, like, how you caught on to that in the North Carolina State game. Yeah, so in the North Carolina State game, here's the thing about offenses that a lot of people don't understand, okay? A lot of people make fun of fans and say, oh, fans don't know what they're talking about. A lot of media members, rather, make fun of the fans and say, oh, fans don't know what they're talking about, saying that all these plays look the same. and They just don't know what they're talking about. Here's the reality. Some fans don't know ball. Some fans do. The thing is, they're absolutely right in terms of there are some offensive coordinators who repeat plays a lot. And they re- there are different types of repeaters. The worst repeater is the person that repeats because I have a static like, all right, this is what I'm supposed to go to. And it, that's that's bad. You shouldn't be doing that. You're you're an adult. You're making millions of dollars or at least right. hundreds of thousands of dollars to do this. You need to be better. But the best ones are the ones who repeat on success. And I thought that y'all offensive coordinator was one who repeated on success because he, he had some schemes that have, were successful against NC State. And he ran them multiple times. So, for example, that, you know, we all know why banana split. We all know that play. We yeah. all know. You fake it uh, to the back, full back to the flat. You got somebody either pushing a vertical or pushing a high corner. We all know that, right? Wobbing and split, that's all day, every day. We can call that out immediately when you see it. And he repeated that multiple times against NC State. The problem is he repeated multiple times against Louisville as well. It wasn't yes. successful. Yeah, it was. You're not supposed to. If it didn't work, this, you know, Aaliyah, God rest her soul, she's long gone. If at first you don't succeed, dust yourself off and try again. It's not for play calls that you're running <laughs> three, four, five times a game. At some point in time, you need to look up and say, okay, they've scouted that play. They they are they got that play on lock. What's our counter to that? Normally, yeah. when you think of uh when you think of the the wide banana plays, your counter off of that is a throwback shake route by the tight end to where you think that the tight end is going vertical and driving. Uh, to the outside, but in reality, he's either uh, doing the slip block to where he's he's acting like he's blocking, acting like he's blocking, and then he's taking off across the field, or he's running a shake route that gives you the exact same look as that deep corner, but immediately after that first step, that next foot, that outside foot is planting, and they're cutting immediately back to the middle of the field, where if you're sitting on the corner, oh, you're going to beat that by a mile. You're, you're you know, that safety that jumps it, corner that jumps it, players are fast, and and you know, some guys have makeup speed to make that up. The ability to make that up would not only make you an NFL guy, that's like a, a Pro Bowl Hall of Fame territory, like Hamilton when he ran all the way across the field to intercept that ball against Florida State. That's the type of play you'd have to make 
to right. uh, beat that shake route if you're committed to the corner. Like that's that's what that looks like. And it just seemed like he never he never called the counters. He never called the plays that were like, okay, we're great at running power. Now what do we come off power with? Oh, okay, they've seen us come off power with that. Well, let's go ahead and run that. Everything looks the same except, mm-hmm. well, wait a minute, where'd that? Oh God, where'd that fullback go to? You know that type of deal. And it just didn't happen. It was funny because they had a fourth down. I don't know if you actually watched the film or saw the game. They had a fourth, and I think it's about a fourth and four mm-hmm. or five against Pitt early last week. And uh, we had heard Marcus Freeman say that uh, Sam, which was shocking, about a couple of weeks ago in the press conference, someone asked, How much leeway does Sam Harton, right. six year player? Yeah. How much leeway does he have to call checks at the line of scrimmage? And Marcus Freeman is like, uh, not, not a lot. And mm. I was like, mm. what? And so four from five Saturday. And they have concept four wide and both of the inside slots. You're running a post and a corner. Yeah. That's the call. Chris Tyree had just went over the top. A series before, yeah. So the safety's like twelve yards off of Chris. Play deep. Yeah, <laughs> right. Play deep. So it's like you know that's like stuff we do at the park. Like just look at your boy, like head nod, mm-hmm. quick slant. Yeah, either. Like, quick I know slant. you got the post, but they're bringing seven. We got six. I'm Sam Hartman. This dude is mine. Yeah, yeah. Either, I know, that's mine. Depending on what zone they go, you either need to go quick slant or quick out or a or, hitch route. Absolutely. And, and you say, hey, I, it's you in that corner, one up. You got to win this battle. You got to yeah. win this battle some way, somehow. But, you know, I it, you but can't. How but, much do you think what you just talked about, like lack of ability to check at the line of scrimmage Yeah. and the repeat offender that Jared Parker is, I'm, I'm going to ask a fair question. Is, has that been unfair to a veteran quarterback like Sam Harton? And I I want to say yes, but I want to yeah. say this is also the reality of the transfer portal and the transfer yeah. situation. Because let's say Marcus Freeman, Marcus Freeman, this is his second year as the head coach, right? Now, let's say that Sam Hartman is with him. Let's say we put in an ultimate, alternate dimension, rather, right? We're playing a Marvel what-if game. What yeah. if both of these things happen in this way? Marcus Freeman becomes the coach. Hartman is born two years later and he ends up going to Notre Dame straight out the gate. Do you think that if he was in year six as the head coach and uh, Sam Hartman is in year four as his starting quarterback, do you think he doesn't give him leeway at the line? And if he doesn't, then we raise a bigger problem as to why are you having so much, having your hand in this thing so deeply as a coach that you don't let your guy, your signal caller, your guy who the team is going to live and die by have that freedom to kind of check at the line of scrimmage. You know, it's it is a little bit restricting for a six year quarterback. But again, it's just the nature of this is a marriage that came together very quickly. Right. This right. is a this is a love is blind marriage. This ain't a real outside the bubble. We got time to to, you know, hey, I saw your mama. She was the prettiest girl on the playground and I was in love with ever since <laughs> type of marriage. Right. This is a we were in the pods for two weeks. And next thing you know, we got married. That's what we got. going. And on. then throw in the fact that the dude that brought him in bounced. Yeah, to Alabama. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, and that's, so that's the reality. That again, under Tommy so, Reese, who was the king of checking at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, yeah. You know, really, 
Hartman and Tommy Reese are similar type quarterbacks. I just think the physical skills favor Hartman a little bit more. But he probably would have given Hartman that type of oh, leeway. Tommy absolutely. Reese. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that's why if you look at if you look at Wake Forest and their offense and how they play it, it's always on the quarterback. Think about it this way. Everybody calls their offense the what offense? The RPO offense. What does that mean? That nearly every play, the quarterback has the leeway and the ability to whatever the adjustment is. He can not only make it pre-snap, he can make it post-snap. Oh, mm-hmm. we're supposed to be running the power, but they're not giving proper respect to A.T. Perry out there. I'm going to pull this thing and see what we got deep. Oh, we're supposed to be running outside zone, but they're not giving nobody's over Moran. We got numbers advantage over there. Let's throw this bubble screen. And so it I knew that there could potentially be an adjustment with Hartman and all that with Tommy Reese. But I thought to myself, Tommy Reese knows that, like, you can't give this guy, you know, it, it doesn't make sense to put a certain type of guy in a certain type of situation like, you're not going to ask Chris Johnson to run the ball like Derrick Henry does and vice versa. You're not going to ask Derrick Henry, hey, we need you to be a 60-yarder guy. Like, if the, if you be leaving one cut guy like you would with Chris Johnson. And so here we are kind of putting Sam Hartman in this cage that doesn't make sense for him. Because if that was the case, I'm sure he would have picked another school because it, it just, again, a, the, one of the biggest parts of, of Sam Hartman's ability is the ability to make reads and adjustments on the fly. To he knows his physical limitations. He knows he doesn't have the biggest arm. He's not the fastest guy. He's not this huge guy that can stand in and take big hits and all that. But what mm-hmm. he knows about himself is if you give me the ability to read the defense and say, hmm, they got two high safeties and nothing is looking like anybody's rolling up and back. So that's a middle of the field open concept. What do we have to attack middle of the field open? Let's check to it. Let's get it going. But if he can't do that, then you've right. taken away one of his biggest strengths. Yeah. I agree. Lucky Luffy Podcast. Ken Gibbs locked on. ACC locked on Wolfpack right here with us. Hey, man. Before we move on to mm-hmm. what happened last week for the Wolfpacks against Clemson. Yeah. Can you package Concepcion up and send them to South Bend? We'll whoa, take it. Just let me let me finish. Let me finish. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm here y'all. I'm here y'all. But you're asking for a lot. You're asking for a lot. I'm let you finish. Now, I, you and I understand. 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 Okay. All right. But you know, I just feel like I'm the dude that's watching a young lady be mistreated by a guy. <laughs> and I feel like I need to walk up and let her know, man, you shouldn't be treated like that. I can treat you better. As the song says, to, to have oh, that's, this, that's all I'm saying. To like, have this man dirty back in my wait, face wait, is crazy. Wait, wait. This is <laughs> crazy. To say, do you really want to play with quarterbacks like that? Ooh. Wouldn't you much rather be around like the offensive line like us? And you know, this, I'm, this I'm man, just saying. This man is singing. You should let me love you in front of the old boyfriend. He, <laughs> baby, I just don't get it. Do you enjoy being hurt right in front of the old man? Well, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you this now. Cause see, now you're getting out of line. Now you're stepping throw, about. Throw, you're throwing a little Joe on. You know what I'm we, saying? Exactly. All the things your man won't do. No, I know what you're right, talking. Right. I know what you're talking. <laughs> now, now let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Okay. We gave you Nick McLeod for nothing. You got Nick McLeod for nothing. Okay, that's fair. You got that's him for fair. nothing. That's fair. We gonna need at least that tight end you got number eighty three. We gonna at least need him. If you gonna ask for Kevin Kazemshio. And we need at least at least two hey, four star prospects you got on the way. Break, breaking news: yeah. Sean and Kenton 
are going into the future of college football and creating the oh, trade via the transfer portal. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something now. And, and we need, and, and let me tell you something. I know that NBC money hit different. We need some NIL considerations on there as well. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to pay for Let me tell you something. Kevin Concepcion is the Debo Samuels of college football. He does mm-hmm. it all for the Wolfpack. He's had multiple games where he's been the leading rusher and the leading receiver. He is a guy that is so special, so unique, so dynamic. He's on pace to not just beat. He's on pace to smash. Every Wolfpack freshman receiving record. This guy, he was a four-star, held out of high school, heralded, highly heralded out of high school. He had all the offers from all the places coming out of high school. But then you look forward to what he's done at State, and you're like, man, we knew he was going to be good, but this is, he's lighting the world on fire. So if you want him, if you want him, you had to give me something now. You, you so don't look, have to. See, earlier, see, I caught what you said. Mm-hmm. Earlier, you were like, yo. It was a quarterback issue against yeah. Notre Dame. Yeah, you know, I, p- plays were there. You're right. Plays were there for 10 all day against Notre Dame. That, that kid is absolutely amazing. But I will absolutely. say this. I will say this. I really didn't fear this Clemson game. And mm-hmm. after watching that game last week, Mm-hmm. I came away from that game like, man, look, that's that's one thing. I need another favor from you. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. Let me, I, I, let me clear this up. Hold on, wait, wait. Let me clear this up. Let me clear this up because the Notre Dame fans on my head. I meant 88. I meant Mitchell Top. I mean, that's the guy Mitchell that I was referring to. Yeah, yeah. Mitchell Evans. That's the bad boy tight end I was talking about. Not 83, 88. My bad. <laughs> you know, 17 years of football ain't great for the memory. But what, what else you got to ask for now? Now, listen, you already on the hook for Mitchell Evans. Two, two, four asking, stars at least. Asking for you conception know, and, is a lot. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. But go, ahead, go ahead, brother. But go I, ahead. If you could somehow, some way, if we can get number 11 oh, no. oh, to no. the Bears. If oh, we can no. get number 11 to the Bears. Well, now that one is doable. That one is doable. We can get him to the oh, Bears. In the words of Shannon Sharp, that ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. Okay. No okay. problem. Let me, let okay. me explain something to you. Let me explain something to you. So I've talked to multiple draft experts about Peyton Wilson, right? I've, mm-hmm. I've been talking to draft experts about Peyton Wilson for the past two to three years, okay? And what I've heard about Peyton Wilson is always the same thing. Two years ago, I kid you not, I've talked about this on Locked On Wolfpack. I've talked about it on Locked On ACC. I've talked about it on Locked On College Football Live. Two years ago, I was told Peyton Wilson is a surefire first-rounder mm-hmm. if, if he can stay healthy. That year, he ended up banging up his shoulder and missing the final uh, four or five games of the season. He is still that guy. That is – the, the talent is undeniable. The talent, But I'm going to tell you this. The Bears can get him on the humbug, as they say. You know, where, yes, where you and me from, they, they, when well, you get something on the stick, it's on the humbug. Let me tell you something. You we just gave booster. away our second-round pick, though. But but here's the thing. I think that he may fall as low as third, fourth, because if you think about his skill set. Really? He, hear me out. Hear me out. If you think about his skill set, he is a good pass rusher, but he his style of play lends itself most effectively. What he does most effectively is off the ball linebacker. Yeah. Think about the value of off the ball linebackers in today's football. Yes. It's not as high as it once was, where it's like, if you got a good Mike linebacker, your defense is going to be good for the next 10 years. If you got a good Will linebacker that's going to be off the line of scrimmage, your defense is going to be, y'all are set. Y'all don't need nothing. And with that being said, I think the injuries have got him in the clearance rack 
When in reality, it's like this is still a this is a baller. This is a guy that can get it done. This is a guy that you will look at for years going forward, potentially. If he can stay healthy, he can positively impact a defense in the NFL for, I'd say, at least a good seven, eight years. Boy, you got me feeling like the Bears can walk into a Marshalls or a TJ Maxx. Let me tell you something. Walk to the back. You know the Ralph Ralph with the big horse on it? It it made his way out of Macy's. And you're like, well, if if you got on sale for $10, I mean, I I ain't going to pass it up. You I see that red up. tag? Yep. A little yep. red sticker, like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, mm-hmm. we're coming up today. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that's and that's that's what I think Peyton Wilson will ultimately end up being, right? Like, because yeah. he's a he's a potential, he's a guy with high boom potential, but also yeah. high bust potential in that he can be a linebacker that is a a very solid part of your linebacking core for yeah. the next decade or so. He can also be a guy that like those shoulders give out in two to three years, and you know, it just doesn't pan out. And that's the yeah. reality. If we're going purely by talent, tuh, if this was like, if I'm talking about like on Madden, oh, yeah, I'm absolutely spending the first round draft pick on that guy because I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, whatever, just turn the injury sliders down and you'll be okay. But in real life, you can't do that, right? In real life, this is a gladiator sport. Injuries are part of the game, and you have to be ready to accept the possibility that a guy whose body has succumbed to the violence of this game multiple times yeah. in the past, it can happen in the future when the game isn't getting any slower in the NFL. The yeah. guys aren't getting any smaller in the NFL. So, you know, I, I if you're talking about getting to the Bears now, I'm going to tell you this much. The division rivals that snapped up enough of, of, of NC State's players. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you, you talk about yeah, Dirty Mac, I'll Dirty Mac for the Lions for real. Because I'll look yeah. around at the rest of the NC State players in the uh, in the NFL and say, all I'm saying is this. They're Thomas. They ain't doing you right up there in Minnesota. You know, yeah. they do you right. You see how we do a bigger lean over there. Two yeah. sacks, two of them things from interior defensive linemen. I'm just saying. I'm just Amon Ra can't run every right off the slot there. He can't run every right of the come on. Come yeah, on. You, you know. yeah, I'm still mad we have the wrong St. Brown, unfortunately. Oh, oh, you know, <laughs> I, let me tell you something. I love me some Amon Ra St. Brown. The chip on his shoulder may be bigger than he is, but damn it, if it helps him ball, it helps him ball. Also, I don't want you to lose your clean rate, so I'm not gonna say no other curse words, but I'm just saying, I'm it's just saying what it is. It's all good. Tell me. Mm-hmm. From you viewing that game, watching the film. Yeah. What the hell is wrong with Clemson? Yeah. So the thing is this, the game of football, I, I joke a lot about football has now been renamed offense ball because it's it's geared so much towards offense is being good and offense is putting up all these points. But those things are predicated on quarterbacks being great. It's a reason mm-hmm. why, you know, even though I joke about football being called offense ball, it's not the game ain't been designed for triple option. It ain't been designed for Army, Navy, and 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 you know, those uh those teams, those Fresno states of the world that run those uh the funky versions of triple option. It's not designed for them. It's designed for your quarterback to make the decisions, to be the guy, to do all the things. And also another thing, Garrett Riley is looking funny in the light, along with Kay Klubnick's decision making. Garrett Riley is looking real funny in the light because what his big brother does, what Lincoln does, is he makes it so that the the talent gets into open spaces. They Mm -hmm. know where your defense has those open spaces and they attack it. They're going to relentlessly drill down on wherever that open space is. You get punched in the mouth exactly in that spot. They give you whatever you, however you want to do it, they'll give it to you. A Lincoln Riley offense will give you death by a thousand cuts. It'll give you uh, the the big plays out the wazoo if you if you're a team that that doesn't really do well with uh, your deep coverage. Garrett Riley, however, 
I have never had much faith in. And I'm I'm just being quite honest because everybody said, oh, he's a wonder boy. He took TCU to the playoff. Let's really take a look at that, shall we? <laughs> Who's the head coach of TCU? Sonny Dykes. Now, of all the complaints that people have about Sonny Dykes, when has offense ever been one of them? Nobody has ever said Sonny Dykes can't put that ball in the end zone. I don't care what you say. Sonny Dykes ain't never going to score no points. The, he has gotten the same rap as every run-and-shoot team or every okay. run-and-shoot head coach. You can't stop a soul. Can't stop a soul. You know, they'll put up 500 yards. They'll put up 40 points, but they'll allow 45. And that's the reality there. And the other thing is Clemson likes to get too cute, which is, again, a, a very bad at first, I thought it was a glitch in the system, but now I'm realizing it's a feature under Garrett Riley. Run the dang ball. In the words of the mama from the blind side, who we now found out is a crook, run the dang ball, okay? That's it. You've got a two-headed beast back there that is special. Will Shipley is a guy with amazing contact balance. He's shifty. He can, He's a year removed from that ACL tear, so he's starting to get his giddy-up and go back to him. You got yeah. Bill Maffa. I said the same thing about Moff. I say about estimate. He's listed at 235. That boy is one Bowberry's biscuit away from 250. He is he is one cookout tray away from a defensive coordinator saying, Hey, Moffa, just put your hand in the dirt. Just let's just see how you look. How you look. Now don't get skeptical. Don't get mad, Phil. Don't get mad. Just put your hand in the dirt. Let's see how this goes. You know, I, I'm sure you've heard about Brandon Jacobs thinking about a comeback at defensive end. Maybe you get in at defensive yeah. end now, see what we can do. But in all seriousness, they have both of those guys back there who are special and unique in their own ways. Obviously, Moff is the big bruiser. Uh, Shipley is the all-purpose kind of home run hitting guy. And yet, they're determined to keep the ball out of their hands. On third and one in overtime against Florida State, you threw <laughs> a bubble screen. You threw a bubble screen. When you have two of the best backs, not just – that dynamic duo is not just one of the best in the ACC. That's one of the best in the country. I challenge yeah. anybody, find me five backfields with a better one-two punch than those two. And, and yet, on third and one against – and by the way, it wasn't third and one in like, oh, Florida State had been waxing them all day in terms of running the ball. Their backs were averaging about five and a half yards per carry. It's third and one. It's in overtime. You have to get a touchdown. I'm sorry, but the math says now, – now maybe this is just me. Five is greater than one, correct? I need to make sure that Detroit Public School is still working out. So so that that is correct, right? Five is still bigger than one? Yes, sir. Okay, so if they're averaging five and you need one, and you got two plays to get to five, if they get half of their average, don't they get the, the one? Yeah. Okay, I, I just need to make sure. I just need to make yeah, sure. Yeah, so, yeah. so you get cute with the ball on third down, and then on fourth down you want to get cute with it again. What are we doing here? Against Miami. You get oh, cute with the ball. Now was, was that Garrett or was that K? And that last play, according to according to uh, according to Dabo Sweeney, that was Kane, and that's oh, that's what I'm saying. The and look he gave Kane, <laughs> and that's why I'm saying, and that's why I'm saying that his football IQ is the first thing that needs to be yeah. called into question here, yeah. because Kane Klubnik is not making like rookie or freshman mistakes. He's doing things that are objectively like, what are we doing here? What are what are we doing here? I I don't even I don't. He's making the types of plays that there are three types of quarterbacks that you have, right? The quarterback that you win because of. When you yeah, think right. of that, you think of a Brady Quinn type guy. Got it. You know, he does it all. He shows up. He makes it happen, yada, yada, so on and so forth. And then you think of a quarterback that you win 
with, right? You think of an Ian Book type of guy, right? Like mm -hmm. he does the right things. He makes the right reads. He gets it to the playmakers. As long as the playmakers make it happen, you'll be all right. And then you've got the guy that you've got to win in spite of. Now, luckily enough for Notre Dame, I cannot think of a bad quarterback in y'all recent history that was like, ugh. Like you got to do everything you can to overcome the fact that Wait he's a minute. quarterback. The quarterback that started last year's game against Clemson. I'll help you out. Oh, okay. Well, well, that guy, right? Yeah. yeah. That guy, I don't want to even say his name. I was in the, you know, hey. he's, out, he's out of Arizona State. Well, but, the, the guy that you have to win in spite of, like, you're begging him, please don't kill us. Please. Please just do what you – just right. make the read that we tell you to make, man. That's all we got to do. And the reality is right now, Cade is falling into that third territory. He's falling into that territory where it's like, Cade, please, we begging you, hand the ball off when we say hand it off. Make the flat throw when we say make the flat throw. Please, Cade. And that's that's a serious problem. But the last problem I would say is they are looking very mortal on the outside. They're looking mm. outside of that tight end that they got. I believe Brenning Stool. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen much out of Bo Collins. I haven't seen – their freshman Brown has looked good at times. He has not looked like the type of – like he hasn't been the type of, of impact freshman to where he's now turned around your receiver room. You know what I mean? Like it's like, eh, he's all right. He's, he's good. He, he, I think he could turn into something good. But mm -hmm. I don't know if that's exacerbated by pack, bad quarterback play and bad decision-making. But at the moment, Garrett Riley is making it really hard on Cade. He's not giving him easy looks. He's not giving him uh, situations where, you know, we're running the ball, so we're going to keep running the ball. Cade, we're going to take the ball out of your hands. Just hand yeah. it off. We're going to have a drive where we go 10 plays, and eight of them are going to be runs. Just hand it off, hand it off, hand it off, and we'll be all right. It's too much on Cade to, to make uh, decisions. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Marcus Freeman mm -hmm. got very conservative yeah. at the end of the first half last week, and it cost Notre Dame a touchdown. Even though they scored a touchdown, they called it back on a penalty. They had to settle for a field goal, but he wasted about 30 to 40 seconds. My thing was he knew he was playing Pitt. Yeah. We're in control of this game. I don't want to give them any chance to get any momentum going into halftime. We're going to come out and still crush them in the second half. Like, I kind of understood it. And then I flipped because literally this was within minutes of each other. I flip over as this is happening, and I see Clemson gets the ball with two minutes. And I've never seen a head coach butcher time management 
like Dabo did on that drive. Yeah. I'm yeah. sitting there like, why are you just what, not calling timeout and just letting the clock run? Especially when you're in Wolfpack territory now. Yeah. It was mind-boggling that Dabo would do that. And it looked like he almost a couple of times told Garrett Riley what to run. Mm-hmm. I saw him look at Garrett Riley and mouth something, and Garrett Riley was just looking like, okay. Yeah. Which takes me yeah. to another thing. Even though Jared Parker was given the job, he was asked to run the same offense that mm-hmm. had been installed by Tommy Reese. Garrett Riley comes in, hey, we already have a Clemson offense. All right. I want people to to kind of stick with me here on something, okay? Would you, when you invite somebody into your life in any major capacity, right? When you invite me on this show, do you ever say, have we ever had a pre-production talk where you said, hey, Kent, man, no one-liners, no music analogies. I need you to be, you know, serious, focused, buttoned up. I need you to be wearing a suit and tie to this thing. Have you ever said that to me? No. No, never right? would. Okay. Now, now, with your old lady, right? You 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 know her. You know what's going on here. But when you first invited her into your life, did you lay down a bunch of very strict ground rules for like, hey, of course, we're talking we beyond the basic decency of like, hey, when we set a day stick, two is sticky, where all that type of stuff. Right. I mean, like, did you set down ground rules for like your nails always need to be coffin shaped? They need to nothing but French tips. You need to make sure. Did you do those types right. of rules? Did she have those types of rules for you? You need to have it cut no. this way. You need to have- Okay. No, I got I have a real one. That wouldn't have lasted. That wouldn't have gone come across. Okay. So with, with that being said, I mean, I think that there's something very clear here that we we need to address. Okay. These teams are not letting their offensive coordinators be free to be themselves. Yes. They have got to be themselves. And yes. if there is a problem, let's work it out on the back end. But you got to let people be who they are or else what was even the point of hiring an offensive coordinator? If that's the case, you run it. You you take it over and run it. You know, I so outside of sports journalism, I do technical recruiting, okay? And one of the things that I tell, I'm a, I'm, I've been a manager, I've been a leader, I've been a head of talent, all that type of stuff. So I'm not just doing the IC work of, you know, the day-to-day grind. Yeah. When I lead teams, what I tell them all the time is these are the goals and I trust you to get there in your own way. But if there's a way in which you need assistance, let's talk about it. Let's figure out how to get there. But these are the goals. However you want to do it, however you want to. I'm not micromanaging nobody. That's the way to burn out your employees. That's the way to have bad retention. That's the way to see poor results, which we're seeing on the field. Right. Like this is what we're seeing from a lot of these offensive coordinators right now, because, again, some of these head coaches are just so involved and you can tell it's a criticism that's been levied against Dave Dorn for forever and a day because Man. we've gone through three, four different offensive coordinators and still the problem remains going into half. We get too conservative at times. We all of a sudden tuck our tail and say, Oh, we're all right. We ain't ran the ball all day, but we've been crushing them through the air all day. One and a half minutes left in the half. We get the ball our own 25. Oh, let's go ahead and run it. Let's do two runs a little whimsical pass and then punt the ball and hope that they don't do anything, which killed us against Notre Dame. But but that's my point. Multiple, multiple times we're seeing these offensive coordinators be kind of restricted by their head coaches that, Hey, we're going conservative right here. No, let these boys cook, let them cook. And if you feel like it's really a dangerous situation, say, Hey, be you don't turn the ball over. Now 
you know we we do what you can, but you know, be you, brother. Go do your thing. Do your thing. Get in the kitchen. Cook up what you're gonna cook up, and we'll yeah. you know we'll live with the results. So how do you see this matchup? Because it sounds like, hey, <laughs> both of these defenses, yeah, hey, they're gonna bring it on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. whichever quarterback makes the mistakes, sets things up. Because I'm a realist. Like I said, Notre Dame didn't win that game last year when they dominated Clemson. Dabo said it, though. Dabo was like, yo, that was the quickest post game I've ever done. He was like, it wasn't too much. I, I can say, like, we got our bus kicked. And it wasn't because of the quarterback. Notre Dame ran the ball for almost 240 yards, bro. Yeah, yeah. Logan Diggs, unfortunately, is down at LSU this year. So that yeah. dynamic duo of running back that would have rivaled the backfield you talked about at Clemson, mm-hmm. half of it's down in Baton Rouge right now. You know, we still go four or five deep in the running back room, but I'm sure Notre Dame's going to try and run the ball. And then, like I said, you know, special teams, which was huge last year. That's Notre Dame got on the board with a block punt yeah. last year. Yeah. And, and then things just kind of steamrolled and, Benjamin Morrison, that was his coming out part with the two interceptions in the pick six. This is my thing. Because a lot of people are worried about Vegas, right? Because mm-hmm. people like, Notre Dame fans are like, how in the world are we only a one-point favorite? How are we only install as one-point favorite? I said, wait a minute, relax. I said, Vegas just watched Clemson lose to North Carolina State and saw Notre Dame destroy Pittsburgh. They have to create a reason for the betters to want to, they have to make Clemson attractive. Yeah. yeah. So make it a one point game, which is pretty much a pick them. And then through the week, now it's at three and a half, four. Why? Because all the money has come in on Clemson. And now Vegas really has it where they want it. Right at three and a half, four. And let's see how things play out. So for me, it's, it's, dude, Notre Dame knows they have to come in and play. Yeah. This isn't a game where you're like, oh, they're four and four. They stink. No, this isn't Pitt. You know that. Absolutely. You got to come in and you got to come in and do your thing. But if you come in and play your game, not because there isn't talent with Clemson, the quarterback is going to, at some point, make a bad decision. Yep, a thousand give percent. You a, give you a turnover. Their special teams haven't been good. Their pass rush hasn't been good due to injury. They still have their D tackles. But, yo, maybe now you can run to the edges yeah. because they don't have depth. Maybe now you can take over in the run game in the second half because their depth is hurt by injury. Yeah, they have Barrett Carter. Yeah, they have Trotter. Like, dude, they got talent. They got Wiggins, the kids on the back end. Their safeties have been a little questionable. It's a lot of things. And, yo, your boy Mitchell Evans, he's out for the year. Yeah, yeah. With the ACL. So now, okay, but Notre Dame has tight ends and spades. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Dude, that's that's nothing. Like, I'm sure 
Notre Dame changed tight ends like everybody else changed radio stations when they drive. And they just, oh, yeah, another All-American. Another All-American. Yeah, we'll change to another guy. They all 6'4", six, 6'5", six, about 240-plus. They go all run routes, catch the ball. They got break time. So go ahead. Break it down. I'm the a, advantages for both sides. Yeah, yeah. And what you expect. Well, um, rest in peace to the, the poet and philosopher, Kersnick Ball, also known as Takeoff. Uh, <laughs> this game is going to be big on big. That's what mm-hmm. this game is going to be. Mm-hmm. You're looking at Joe Alden company and you're looking at uh, Tyler Davis and company and you're saying who's going to win that battle that determines who win the game. When you look at everybody says Notre Dame broke Clemson, Notre Dame broke Clemson. Well, for all intents and purposes, yes, they did not just beat Clemson. They went out there and bullied Clemson. Y'all said, hey, we're bigger than you. We're stronger than you. We're better than you. Our ice is colder than yours. We look better than you. We make more money. We can make a dollar quicker than you. And it showed. It showed. Everything mm-hmm. showed, hey, this is a better team than you all. And Clemson has struggled to recover since. And I don't think that this is the game where they get back right and recover. I mean, this mm-hmm. is a – if you want to talk about matchups and all that, we talked about how bad the Notre Dame receiving room looked um, early in the year and, and when they were going through that stretch where it just seemed like everybody who put on the golden helmet with wide receiver next to their name was injured and all that, and now they're getting back healthy. Now guys are starting to play. Now guys are starting to come on. You talk about Evans going down, but we talk about <clears throat> there is a wealth of tight ends in Notre Dame. I don't know what it is. It's like every time you put on the gold helmet, when you got tight end next to your name, you get some of that super soldier serum injected into your veins immediately. You know what I mean? Be it Michael Mayer, be it Evan, be it whoever the next in line is, be it Tremble, another guy that's playing well in the NFL and all that good stuff. There is always going to be some tight ends out of Notre Dame. And so you're looking at this, this matchup and you're saying, well, you know the Clemson's defensive line is good, but how good are they? The difference between this Clemson and the Clemson we saw in the past, Clemson of the past had depth. Clemson of the past, they didn't just throw – uh, a, a defensive line with Daquan Bowers at you. They said, oh, Daquan Bowers is tired. Get him out of there. Get Vic Beasley in the game. What? You know how terrifying that is? You know, oh, Brian Brzee. Oh, we got Dexter Lawrence for you. Oh, Dex is tired. Put Brian Brzee in. Mm-hmm. My brother in Christ, what are you doing? What are you? Why are you doing this to me? This is supposed to be a football game. This is supposed to be fun. Where these big guys are not, this is not a good time. They're coming with bad intentions and pain in every sentence. What are we doing here? And so this year, they don't have that type of uh, rotation, right? I love a row, row, row. He's a, he, he's a really good defensive lineman. Tyler Davis is a guy that we almost put out an APB on him earlier in the year because we was mm-hmm. looking for him. We was looking for him, and, and he showed up. He's now shown up. Xavier Thomas was a guy that was showing up earlier in the year and all that. But the reality is if you're going to play a full game where your defense is the group that sets the tone and makes it happen, offense can do it really right one time and they get to get off the field, right? You do it right one time. Trust mm-hmm. me. I, I know. I watched the Notre Dame game first play out of the, uh, the, the thunder and lightning delay, 80 yard touchdown. They get off the field. Right. However, a defense, you got to do it right again and again and again and again in order to get it right, which means you need depth. You need multiple guys. You need to have a situation where more than just your starters can get it done. I don't think that that um, Clemson has that. I think Wiggins is a little overrated on the outside. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that this is a situation where Sam Hartman is, again, he's he's kind of playing in a situation where one arm is tied behind his back, but he's doing the best that he can, and he's got a, a supporting cast 
best offensive line he's ever played with. Wide receiver core, not quite there in terms of best he's ever played with, but they're still good. Tight end room, we've talked about ad nauseum. And then defensively for Notre Dame, I don't see a world where K. Klubnik and company can generate enough points. That running game can be dominant enough for it to make sense to say, hey, they're going to do good things against Notre Dame's defense consistently enough to win this game. Wow. Oh, go ahead, You made a good point. See, I heard it right there. My thing is, we bring Sam Hartman in. You mm-hmm. mentioned the receiver room not being right there, but that's where Sam is supposed to make us right there. Yeah, yeah, but but he can. We we talked about earlier the 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 fact of the matter is he needs to be able to make checks at the line, which. Freeman has said, I don't give him the freedom to do, which is like, that's crazy. That's one of his, it's like bringing Lamar Jackson into your offense and saying, all right, brother, don't run the ball more than four times a game. What are you doing? (laughs) It's part of what, it's part of him. It's part of who he is. It's like bringing in Big Ben Roethlisberger saying, don't take too many deep shots. It's part of who they are. And if you don't want to do that, he's basically, I know what my, I know what he's doing. See, because I know him now. Uh-oh. I know him too. We got this connection. <laughs> See, he used Hold Lamar. On. He used Lamar as an example, but he's really trolling me about Luke Getty and Justin Fields. <laughs> That's what he's doing. I know him. I know him too good. Now, like, I, I know him. I know him. Hey. But the but the but the checks at the line doesn't doesn't come with him making six thousand uh, or six receivers a thousand yards each. That's yeah. more than checks at the line. All Sam right. Hartman's impact. Is not as is not what was advertised when we signed up for it for those three games, and yeah. just that goes back to where's the where's the Heisman highlight? Where's the transfer highlight moment where we're like, man, thank goodness we had oh. Sam Hartman on this football team because without him, we wouldn't be there. I can't find one yet. So let me give you that pushback of this. Watch all of Sam Hartman's highlight. And don't don't watch the highlight. See where the highlight is. Follow where the highlight is in that game. And I want you to go watch the pre-snap stuff. Because I'm guaranteeing you, nine times out of ten, he's walking up to the line saying, hey, this is what we need to do. This is how we need to do it. This is what needs to happen. And he's giving a check to that office. Don't get me wrong. A.T. Perry was a bad man, right? Moran was, he was a bad nice. boy. Yeah, A.T. Perry was a bad, bad boy. Man. Robeson, Ja'Cory Robeson, they, they they had some bad, bad dudes over there. I'm I'm not – hey, i give you that. But a lot of that, all those guys getting 1,000 yards was him having the ability. They they call that Wake Forest offense the long mesh RPO offense. They call it that for a reason. Everything is in the corner, quarterback's hands for longer than normal, longer than advertised. Everything is you figure it out. We trust you to make the play. If you're really good – will be really good if you're really bad, will be really bad, which is what we saw in in pretty much in spades while he was at Wake Forest. And I I understand where Marcus Freeman is coming from in terms of like, we don't want you to have a situation where if you're struggling, we struggle as a team because our offense is predicated and built around you having, you know, basically 80% control of making it happen. But there has to be a happy medium. Like we got to have something between – 80% and 20%. Let, let's work this thing out to where it's like, Sam, if you see this, this, and this, we'll go for it. And if you're successful with it, we'll let you roll. We'll let you rock. But to me, I'm a believer that if you have a six-year guy, you have a fifth-year guy, it has to be, I give you the freedom to roam and reign, and abuse leads to restriction. If you abuse that freedom, if you make a terrible check, if they got a five-man box and we got six in six to block, and you're checking out of a run to throw it deep and it gets picked off, okay, we're going to rein you back. 
But in before that, I need to see you abuse that power first because you've used your powers much more for good than for nonsense while you were at Wake Forest. So maybe let's give you that. And if you can't do it, we'll we'll take you out of that situation. But that's just, you know, it's it's a really unfortunate situation that Tommy Reese, who bought him in and who we know, Tommy Reese was the king of letting you cook at the, cook at the line of scrimmage. He's now at Alabama and it's like, He's got quarterbacks that can't cook at the line of scrimmage. Notre Dame doesn't want you to cook at the line of scrimmage. And Wake Forest is left with Mitch Griffiths. Everybody lost this. This is, you know, we were talking about a trade earlier, and this is why these teams need people like us to talk about a trade to get this thing worked out, to make Absolutely. sure they work out for everybody. Because it seems like, you know, everybody just got a little bit worse out of Sam Hartman leaving Notre Dame, which is really unfortunate. Yeah, left earlier, I proposed that uh, via the transfer portal, you know, North Carolina State sends us Casey Concepcion, and uh, he asks for Mitchell Evans. Mitchell Evans. Two, I, two, Mitchell I, Evans. Hold on. Mitchell don't don't Evans, tell him half the deal. I don't know. Mitchell oh, Evans. Right, right. Mitchell Evans. Yeah. Two future four-star prospects or one five-star. One five-star. <laughs> and, and, and some NIL considerations. Some NIL considerations. Oh, NIL, man. That's, that's all the heavy. The heavy back end. That is a heavy package. Let me tell you something. Kevin Concepcion has been NC State's leading receiver and rusher for multiple games. So I'm just saying, you're gonna need to give me a, you're gonna need to throw me a bag for that young man. I ain't giving him up. I ain't what what did uh, the, the girl from City he said, say? He said, he said we got Nick McLeod for free. Yeah, you got Nick McLeod. We did. For free. Oh, okay. hold on. Nick McLeod, we we poached, and then he also elevated himself. He's still playing today. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, listen, today. listen. With all due respect to Notre Dame, he was with the Wolfpack for five, four, five years. Okay, he didn't just learn how to play corner over there. Now wait a minute. Listen, all I'm saying is this. All I'm saying is this. Okay, if, if y'all want to make this trade, okay, mm-hmm. I, I'm willing to. I'm willing to make a deal. I'm willing to work. Yeah, we can't give you that much because Mitchell Evans. Mitchell Evans means a lot to us. But see, wait, here's wait, the problem. wait, wait, wait. We're working from a position of strength, though. Exactly. Right? And, and like, no, we, we create tight ends. Like, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Y'all got, <laughs> I know, I know what it is. Somebody over there up, up at the Irish, y'all went up to that cathedral and y'all made a wish. And y'all said, Lord, please, please let, let us just get whatever tight end we want. We'll figure out everything else. <laughs> just give us all the tight ends we want. I know if y'all get rid of Mitchell Evans, y'all gonna produce another one. Hi, I'm uh, 6'6". I'm 280 pounds. I can block. That's I can right. run a 4 that's right. Uh I'm Brock Bowers 2.0. I know that's going to happen. So just go ahead. Let him go. Let him go. And listen, listen. We could give y'all a protected five-star in terms of it cannot be a premium position like a quarterback, mm. a wide receiver, running back, edge rusher. Come on. Come on. Talk to me. Now work with me. Edge rushers is what we're looking for. Give that's us what I'm saying. That's why I said protected. Yeah, we might, said we, protected. might, we might have to come back and ask for a little bit more on your side. Just I, a little bit more. Well, listen, listen, just know. Definitely a little bit more. Give just us. know. I'm, I'm from Detroit. And, and you know, as, as they said on Four Brothers, that is a sweet, sweet deal. Sweet so deal. I'm going to work something out with you now. I'm going to work something out with you. But if you're okay, asking, if you're asking okay, for KC, if you're, if you're asking for KC, just know. That that's that you know when when Dion said I'm coming with my bags and that's Louis that's a Louis Goyard collab right there that we just can't come <laughs> up off yeah, we just can't come up it's off him real quick and easy. I respect, we respect that all right, yeah, absolutely that's that's, that's why we're that's why we're asking for uh, that. and listen and listen Notre Dame and y'all TV deal I know y'all about business I know y'all about business ain't nobody else about business Notre Dame about some business so let's, oh, yeah. let's the fans are in the chat trying to be disrespectful they say give them Angelia and Salerno. <laughs> 
See, see, y'all can make something see, out of Ant Jelly in the ACC. See, Hold no, on now. No, stop y'all playing. Can make something stop out playing. of Jelly. Stop playing. He would be he would be a a top three ACC quarterback over let, Devin Leary. Let me tell you over, something. Uh, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. We got our guy at quarterback in in uh, our current guy in MJ. Okay, in MJ we trust. MJ Moore. I, I like that. Like MJ Moore. I MJ, like him. Let me tell you. I something. like him. I, I thought that MJ's biggest problem was that he was slow. I watched him play, and I said, man, why do Brendan Armstrong look so much faster than him? And now that he's comfortable, I said, oh, he got the wheels too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like MJ see. Morris is nice. So, like so a quarterback ain't really doing too much for me right now. But don't worry. Like I said, we're going to talk about this. We're going to work this out some more. Because like I said, we'll give you we'll give you a protected five-star. You know, y'all got five-star tackles over there too like crazy. Okay? So y'all maybe give us one of them. We need offensive line to help us out. I'm not saying send this Joe off. Would you be would you be interested in staff? Hmm. I gotta watch the tape. I gotta watch the tape to, to yeah, see. Yeah, maybe it. we can send you a coach. Uh, <laughs> uh, listen, uh, we can see some coaches. I'm gonna tell you this much. I'm gonna tell you this much, okay? If I'm gonna take a coach from over there, it's gonna be the only black man to know how to find a good lineup in Notre Dame. Okay, I need me some Freeman if you're gonna send me a coach. Now don't don't tell me about no other coaching if it ain't Freeman. I don't hey, want to hey. hear. We got a nice yeah, come one on, man. Washington. Hey, hey, if you give us Freeman, you have to give us every four or five hey. stars you get in the next five years. Yeah, yeah. Like, you got to own your recruiting that's fair. for a while. That's fair. That's fair. And that's what I'm saying. We need to work this thing out. We need to, you know, have your people reach out to my people. We all going to be good people. That's what they see. That's what we try to do right now. You know what I mean? Uh, all I'm saying is, you know, it's some deals that you look at where it's like that trade. Oh, man, them boys got fleeced. I want a deal where it's like the, the Pelicans and, and Lakers deal where it's like everybody got what they wanted. Everybody you know what I mean? Want the Pelicans yeah. got them a whole little core to build around. They ain't build nothing with it, but that's their fault. The Lakers got them a ring Hold about now. Zion, Zion looking like he's trying to be a nice uh, comeback player of the year now. Oh, stop it. Mariah Mills that made more tweets about that boy <laughs> than he done had games played. Stop playing. Stop oh playing. Now. This, is, this is a family-friendly show. This is a family-friendly show. So we ain't going to go there right Zion now. Gonna be, the, he, playing like, he playing like it's on the line. No, now. but he is, though. He, he playing like there's a lot on the line because, you know. But see, I, this is the thing. This is the thing. People don't realize. The number one seed in the West in January – yeah, but 2023 was a New Orleans Pelican. <clears throat> yeah, right. Absolutely. But Absolutely. the same thing that's happening this year was happening at that time. Brandon Ingram was injured, and he had to carry the squad. And then he pulls his hamstring. Everybody's like, "Man, he up no." If Brandon Ingram can stop getting injured at the beginning of every season, he won't have to carry the team, well, and yeah, maybe yeah. he can rest. He last night he was dead tired against OKC. But see, and I keep giving him ISOs at the free throw line, and I'm like, I hate to do this. I hate to do this, and I hate to make this about basketball. But but I mean, in all fairness, Zion was supposed to be the best prospect since LeBron James, ain't it? Now yeah, I, they they say that about every number one pick. It seemed like every couple years they said Wimby's supposed to be the best since LeBron. They said Zion's supposed to be the best. If you got that type of title on you, you got to live in that title. Nobody ever said, hey, man, Brian just keep getting tired out there in Cleveland. Wait a minute. The game, the game's different. You need, you can't win a single superstar team no more. You can't do it. Come on. Come on. Come on now. Come on now. Am I wrong, Sean? You can't win on the superstar Well, I mean, the Lakers got one superstar, and that's AD. That man was carrying right. that man was carrying <laughs> Carlo. He was carrying Carlos Boozer before he started being the Beijing King to all to, to wins up there in Cleveland. The Beijing King. He the Beijing King. Now I saw that lineup. I said, brother, 
you can't get in the pool right now. That's Man. crazy. Beijing King, hair plugs, whatever you, know, you want to call it. That's just some nasty work. But but at the end of the day, again, you got to show up and perform. I'm not, and, and I see the fans saying, I'm trying to fleece y'all in this day. I'm not trying to fleece nobody. I'm not a used car salesman. I'm not selling you a lemon. <laughs> I'm selling you. Listen, this young man is going to destroy every freshman receiver record that NC State ever thought of. He's going to destroy all of them while being one of our leading rushers. If you're going to get him up off us, if you're going to get him up off like like the girl from City Girl said, we go together real bad. Real yeah. bad. So if you want him, you got to come off something. Notre Dame fan. It's Chris Tyree. He, he just was the one. No, nah, bro. Chris Tyree ain't him. No, you are not. Hey, I'm a no. I'm not about to allow you. Chris mm. Tyree is not him. <laughs> that is the one dude. That is the one dude that consistently was open against Notre Dame. Oh, consistently. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I made the joke about, I said, uh, this is when I realized, like, I've been in the South a little too long here, because I was down here, and I said, let me tell you something. That boy is like 7-Eleven. He's always open. And they said, what's that? I said, what? What you mean, what's that? What you mean? What you mean? You know, man, look, tie a bow on this, bro. Tie a bow on this. How does it play out? And we, I said this. I see what Dabo's been doing. Yeah. He's trying to make this an emotional game. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame is going to have to walk in early and deal with the emotions and not fuel the emotions with turnovers, penalties, and stunt and stupid play. And as Absolutely. long as they don't do that, Absolutely. I feel comfortable. But how do you see this matchup playing out? Oh, I feel very comfortable. If I'm a Notre Dame fan, I feel extremely comfortable. I think Notre Dame rolls in this one 34-17. I don't I don't think that uh, Clemson stands too much of a chance. The only way that Clemson has a chance in this game is to get out early and let that emotion drive them to a big, darn near spirit-breaking lead. And even if they do that, I think that they'll win a close one where Notre Dame does everything they can to come back. But what I think will actually happen, I don't think that they have the offensive facilities to keep up. I don't think that they have the defensive line and linebackers. When I heard Barrett say after the first game of the season, I realized we need to be in better shape. I almost said, I almost punched my screen. I said, wait, hold on, hold on. Because me as a player, one thing that I always took pride in, yeah, conditioning is in between you and you. Yeah, That conditioning has nothing to do with anybody else. From the day that you step on that field to, to play football, and once you get cognizant of what it takes to be a great player, conditioning is always you. You could ask any coach I've ever played for from high school on, and they'll tell you, I was the first one in last one. I needed to get in. I needed to be ready because I knew the physical demands on me in terms of what what was necessary for me to be a good football player and to be a great football player. That's I knew that. When I heard that from him, I said, yeah. Um, Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Clemson is losing right now. The cracks are being exposed left and right. That emotion, that's slapping flex seal on a, a dam that's breaking. Like, it sounds good in theory, but you need some structural upheaval. You need some actual engineering to take place in order to fix what's going on because we all know that that Clemson has been dominant for so long. They don't have players and coaches that know how to deal with this level of adversity. They're not used to, you know, when, when you're losing, the jokes ain't as funny. Your, your old lady look kind of funny. You looking at her like, you used to be the prettiest thing in the world, but you, you look kind of weird without makeup on. The, the ice ain't as cold. The food ain't as good. Everything is a little worse when you're losing. And Clemson's not used to this level of losing. I don't think that they're built to respond to this type of adversity, which they've shown at multiple t- points in time during this season. And again, I challenge you to find a power five quarterback 
with a worse football IQ than Kate Klubnik. I, I really and truly challenge you to do so. Thank um, you. Especially on a, a team that's either a blue blood or that has multiple national championships in the last two decades. I, I dare you to find me one and I'll shut up about it. But the reality is, it's like I look at him a lot and I'm just like, son, do you not know ball? Do every you know, week. Like, what's happening? Every week. Every week. It's like Absolutely. every week he does something. Absolutely. And I'm I'm amazed. And left, you always laugh because you're like, yeah, it was all DJ's fault, huh? And look <laughs> like, at what DJ doing. Leading the number 12 team in the nation, 13 team in the nation. Like, that's, you know. We were splitting time last time over there with the Aiden Childs QB. Okay. Right, Aiden Childs is going to be nice. Oh, he's going to be nice, though. Yo, All I'm going to say is this. If I'm, to... I'm looking at saying, K Clubman, can you do something for me? Please. Please. Do no, something. Do yeah, anything. They, they sold out on the, on the hype where they're going to ride or die with him, and I think that's yeah. At this point, it's just naive to do that yeah. in 2023 with all the available resources to replace a kid, especially, you know, thinking of who Dabo is, you would think he could pull in another Trevor De or Lawrence Deshaun Watson type like a Lincoln Riley has been able to do. Maybe there's a coaching difference. I don't think Dabo was necessarily coaching Trevor or Deshaun to be the quarterback that they are today as opposed to probably – how Lincoln Riley is actually probably giving something of a, a quarterback whisper when you've been printing out QBs like they've had. So uh, it's interesting, his recruiting techniques. I guess you can't Christian your way to the top all the time. And yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence was the perfect, just the perfect dabble quarterback. I don't think Trevor yeah. Lawrence would have been the same anywhere else to dabble. I think that's dabble's real Michael Jordan if he could – Say it on air. I mean, if you look at their run of quarterbacks, I don't think they – like, seriously, when's the last time we saw a university have a run of quarterbacks like that to where you go from Taj Boyd, who set all the records for your school, all the records right. in the world, to Deshaun Watson, who, I mean, say what you will about the man off the field, but on the field, it, well, I guess on both fronts, he's an absolute menace. I mean, he just – he terrorized the defense. <laughs> he, the, the reality is the boy terrorized defenses in the ACC – for his years, and then went on and got replaced by Kelly Bryant for half a season, who was then replaced by Trevor Lawrence. So, I mean, you know, you're looking at multiple guys. You're looking at multiple guys back to back to back that were extremely special talents who, you know, and 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 then you look at the talent on the outside as well, where you went to a DeAndre Hopkins and, and Mike Williams and Mike all Williams, these guys that were so Justin special. Justin Ross. Justin T. Ross. Higgins. Yeah, Higgins. Yeah, T. Higgins. And now – who you got on the outside? Bo Collins? Collins. And Bo Collins. And, and let me tell you something. Hunter Renfro may look like he going to sell you the meanest insurance that you've ever seen, but that boy can route you up. He will route you up, down, and all around. You, you know, that's that's a receiver that you can try to time down and, and all that, yeah. but he's got something to him that, again, he is always open. He is a guy that, you know, he just gets it done. So you don't have that anymore. Who's their yeah. guy? Who's their guy? They have a better backfield than I've seen in multiple points and most points in Clemson history outside of when they had uh, C.J. Spiller. And I can't remember the other. It was Davis and Spiller, I believe. It was, Davis uh, Davis. Spiller. Who was there with Trav? His, ETN. Was ETN was, they had, ETN they was had crazy. ETN his last season. They had an incoming freshman that I thought was pretty good. He didn't pan out. I think he ended up transferring. Yeah, they've uh, – they at, at the, the reality is Clemson is – I mean, let's be honest, right? All things fall. 
all things. It doesn't matter who you are. No matter how True. great you are. You know, we've seen times where Notre Dame, in Notre Dame, the, the gold helmets look a little less gold. We've seen that mm-hmm. before. We've mm-hmm. seen that for everybody. We saw Florida State be god-awful for multiple years, and now they got a 6'4 receiver that's returning punts. He's 6'4 and returning punts. He's Amazing that. what that transfer portal can do for you, Dad. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, um, amazing. It, hey, yeah. do you now, how much time do you have? Do you, oh, you I know, got as much time it, as you need, brother. I got as much. Okay, because I thought you might bounce out on us like Joe Smith, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> we don't have a fans only though. So yeah, yeah, I was about to say. I, we, well, I, we try to keep it. We first we're missing it with Ryan Mills, now we're missing Joe Smith. We try to keep PG. We try. Hey, I'm you, you open the door with the minutes time, I was like, hey, I'm just saying. No, but seriously, Dabo, post-game North Carolina State, yeah, real solid. Yeah. Then the run in with Tyler from Spartansburg. Yeah. Shout out to Tyler from Spartansburg. Give me a call, brother. Give me a call. You good in my book. You ever come to Raleigh, you ain't got to pay for no wings. I got you, brother. Left. Left. I need you to relax a little bit on this one, okay? <laughs> no, that's I gave, right. Tell I, the I, 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 to try I, to do I, his job, man. I gave you a, I gave you a full show. <sighs> they really go with Dabo. You did a great job. Uh-huh. We're gonna be nice today. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let my. Well, I don't want to call him. I, I don't want to call him bro or bro. Okay. He already told me if you you know you see the the cane. I mean, listen, you, you, can call me, you can call me bro, bro. It just you said this is a good brother in the fold, and I'm like, hold on now. I don't want the wrong <laughs> side of 1911 to start claiming me. I don't want that to stop happening. Now, I'm in the bond. I'm in the bond, baby. That's, Yo, that's let me <laughs> let me tell you, man. True story, man. So I grew up with Simeon Rice, right? Mm-hmm. Same block, everything. We both ended up going to University of Illinois at the same time. Mm-hmm. Sam was going to pledge. I'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Lou Tepper was the coach. Lou Tepper was kicking cats off the team because he found out they were online. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are certain I was like, I was like, damn, you just cutting up scholarships because you don't want them to pledge? I'm like, is that a? I'm like, you got an issue with the organizations and the culture, yeah. or is that just a football so I'll, thing? I'll, so I'll, I'll say this: when I went on one of my um, official visits, it, there were multiple players there, and one of the players was a legacy of a different organization, and um, he asked, like, you know, uh, how do y'all feel about players who you know want to go through the pleasure process and all that, and and the coach said. He see this is how I knew like oh boy these coaches ain't even good at lying sometimes. This coach this coach said, "Hey man, I'm not gonna tell you what you can and can't do. Okay, listen, uh, you can do whatever you want to do as a young man, but I'll tell you this much: I had a defensive end. He was one of the guys, a freshman All American, one of the best in the country. He was setting himself up to go make a lot of money, lots and lots of money. And and next thing you know, you know he goes through the pleasure process. He loses forty pounds. He's never the same player again." Never the same player again. And so I'm just telling you, you can do what you want, but what do you want? What's going to set you up for your future? You know, does barking or twirling the cane mean that much to you, man? And I'm like, mm. <laughs> there are easier ways. You could have just said no. You could have just said, hey, man, I don't want that on my team. And I wouldn't have been not mad at that. That's a passive way of saying, nah, not exactly. Exactly. Because, you know, because see, Lefty, you know how this thing goes. Whatever a coach tells you when you are being recruited, it's always 10 times worse in reality. So if he's telling you gently no, 
while you're being recruited, when you get on campus, it's going to be, boy, have you lost your mind? Yeah, it's a whole voluntary, it. involuntary yeah, workout. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, All that type of stuff. Voluntary workouts, but yeah. everybody's there on time. Like, oh, absolutely. absolutely. It's like... a voluntary workout, but if you're not there, that somebody going to come up to you, tap you on your shoulder. <laughs> hey, man, uh, where were you for the workouts? What's, yeah, uh, yeah, what's yeah. going on there? Oh, 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 you look on that depth chart, you be like, what? That's that's crazy. I'm I'm on the bottom of the depth chart. Yeah. Look, <laughs> I, I haven't even seen I don't know how many Notre Dame players I've seen like repping. Did they allow you guys to play? Oh, listen. Well, we didn't have it on campus. Our dorms are considered. That's right. Our... You guys used to have to go to other chapters, like in Indiana and Chicago. Right now, we had right, some guys right. on the team that did do it. The whole uh, Nick Watkins, uh, Jalen, uh, who was that? A couple guys. A couple of the Troy Pride. A couple of the secondary guys. They uh, got behind it and all of that. But I yeah. think that was more so affiliated with somebody else. But. That would definitely change the landscape of Notre Dame's if they had fraternities and sororities. I just think it would just, you know, because yeah, we don't have that, we don't have great homecomings, in my opinion. Yeah, DJ Brown is he 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 did it via the Chicago one of the Chicago chapters. DJ Brown is one of your fellow yeah. I couldn't imagine. I could imagine playing, being online, and you know, uh, having to travel to a different city to like yeah. get down and still come back. My brother in Christ, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. And Nick McLeod, I knew somebody was going to mention Nick McLeod. He crossed it in NC State. So that know, NC he, State, yeah, he was in NC yeah, State we, before he even got we've had Most guys that we had were that before they even got, like Cody Riggs, yeah. Avery Sebastian, uh, you know, um, you know, Nick McLeod, guys that were already players. Yeah. Before they, that's why they always show us their moves and stuff, you know, their first couple of days. In the locker room, because nobody is but them. So they, yeah. they, you know, they, they do their whole course. So that's like the little orientation, like the little freshman show, or slash. I mean, you they, know, that's what they all to go Notre to. Notre Dame show, have... like show. <laughs> show Every time we have on. a talent show, that's the first thing they go to because they know that we've never seen no stuff like that. I'm not like... shimmying nor twirling for a room full of my teammates. Not doing it. With all due respect, not <laughs> doing saying, it. I, that's not what I said. Doing it. <laughs> No, not that's y'all thing. No, that's what y'all supposed to listen. Do. So I, go ahead. I, I do my best, uh, Aiden Hutchinson impression and get my Billy Jean on before I do that one. Okay, I come out, I'm coming white glove and all. Okay, I'm, I'm doing right. the whole bit, but I ain't, you know, the minute somebody like, hey, shimmy for us, my brother in Christ, <laughs> relax, relax, please. So, that's hey right. man, Dabo, <laughs> yeah. where man, do you? Do you even see him being able to build this back up or a mutual part in other ways? So he said he would be done and players started getting paid. We're still waiting for him to retire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, fun fact about Davos Sweeney. He is, in fact, a human, just like the rest of us. And he is, in fact, a liar a little bit, just like the rest of us, right? <laughs> no, we all, no, no, we no, all say things that we don't... Don't say that, because he's God image and likeness. No, see, likeness. but see, but see, here's the thing, okay? Here's the thing, all right? Even a good book <laughs> said that, you know, nobody's perfect but him, right? We they, all fall they, was, they were getting ready to stole somebody. What did Jesus say? Let yeah. he who is without sin That's cast the same. first stone. Cast and the first, first the yeah. first person he started looking at was the person that was subscribed to all them only fans. <clears throat> you ready to throw a stone, brother? <laughs> you know, uh, okay. That's what I thought. So, you know, Dabo, in all seriousness, he needs to change in a serious way. Like, this is just like, and, and I talk about this a lot, and this is like my philosophy in life, and this is something that I take very seriously. 
even in relationship, in every relationship we have in life, including our relationship with ourselves, there will be deep periods of uncomfortability where you need to take a look in the mirror at the man, woman, person you're becoming and say, what do I need to change? There needs to be a serious change. Like, yes, I like me. I like who I am. I like the human that I am. But there are some things that need to change if I am to reach my best level or if I am to adjust to this new environment and all that. And at that point, you have two choices. You can either make those adjustments, make those changes, be that new man, woman, person, or you can say, you know what? That new level ain't for me. I'm good. That new thing ain't for me. I'm happy where I'm at. I'm happy and fine here and rock out with that. That's where Dabo is. He's at that crossroads of, I need to change my philosophy of recruiting. I need to change my philosophy of how I let my coaches cook, because let's be honest, this is now more of a popcorn society than it's ever been for the coaches. It's always been this way for the players, right? Because let them not know. Everybody says, oh, college football is amateur athletics. You can't cut players. Look at the roster on any team that goes four and eight. Look at it one year. Look at it the next year. Look at how many new faces there are. All of a sudden. It's funny that you say that. It's definitely... It's definitely like that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And do you think and do you think that all of those players that magically left and some of them end up transferring to other decent schools? Some of them end up transferring to the Island of Misfit Toys University. Some of them end up transferring to Last Chance yeah. U. Some Dude, of them end up transferring. Everywhere. They end up transferring to the college that got a hundred percent acceptance rate. You know what that college is? DCU, the Crib University, right? Now you think that all of those kids are happily leaving whatever college they're at to go back to those places? No. For years, it has been kids can get cut in an instant. But now the difference is coaches are getting cut quicker than ever. Teams are moving on from coaches like, no, nah, yeah, bro, you got yeah, coaches can't. Coaches can't do the whole – it used to be in their favor where they can leave at any time. Exactly. It's exactly. a big club. Now they got to have retention. Exactly. Well, they're going to be let go mid-season. I've seen more mid-season fires than I've ever had. Exactly. So with Dabo, he has to have a very, very serious moment of, I've won more championships than Clemson's ever seen. I raised Clemson to a place that Clemson has never been. It's got to be bigger than that. But because I have done so well, they expect me to do so well. And as my mother would always say, it's better to be a man. I became a man in my house when I was 10 years old in essence. And I, I used to ask my mom sometimes, like, why me? And she said, son, it's better to be a man with too many expectations than no expectations. Because the man that people mm. expect nothing of, don't nobody want him around. Don't nobody mm. want him around. That That is a useless man. If ain't nobody got a, a lick of expectation in the world for you. So Dabo has to come to that, that growth and that, that moment of like, hey, what am I doing wrong? What are these coaches that are lapping me doing right? I don't think that Norvell is half the coach Dabo is. I, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. But Norvell is a better coach for this moment right now than Dabo is. Norvell, if you look at all of his stars, which ones of them are homegrown? Deloach? And I believe is Benson homegrown. I believe that's it. Mm. Those may be the only two. You look at uh, you look at the 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 edge rusher verse. He's a transfer. Travis oh, is a transfer. Keon Coleman is a transfer. Johnny Wilson is a transfer. One that big tight end that they got is a transfer. The reality of the situation is, if you can work it out in that portal, you can figure it out. You can, and I think that. The portal and recruiting gets a balance because you can't have a hundred percent portal. You in today's words, you can't have a hundred percent recruiting. You got to work it out, balance your team out for what's best for you. But you need to get in there. Dabo right now is just like, oh well, you know, we run our program the way we run our program, and and screw it if you don't like it. 
Well, listen, mm -hmm. as long as you win, everything's okay. The minute you start losing, everything's going to come into question, and you're losing because these other teams have experienced players that have been there, done that. They've seen it at smaller schools. Keon Coleman was the star of Michigan State. He wasn't just a guy at Michigan. He was everything to Michigan State, and they knew that. When he left, those message boards were already screaming, we got to fire him. We got to find a way to get rid of Tucker. Now, Tucker did his own thing to get himself up out of there, but the reality bamboozled. is – He was bamboozled. Hey, I agree. I actually agree with you. I, when you look at all the evidence, some interesting conclusions can be drawn there, but the reality is very simple. This, these, He got a bunch of guys who were already the guys somewhere else and said, mm -hmm. hey, you come on here, be the guy at Florida State. We'll get you everything you need, and that's what happened. Dabo needs to adjust to that, or he'll continue to get whooped on by teams who are willing to get in the transfer portal, like a Notre Dame, who's gotten multiple players who have been big-time players, including your QB1 right now, out of the portal. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.